Welcome to the podcast for We Hope Glasgow. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this message from Sunday. May it be a blessing to you today. Psalm 22. Psalm 22, uh, words are going to be on the screen. Psalm 22 begins with these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. Today, we're wrapping up our prayer series talking about the topic of unanswered prayer. The topic of unanswered prayer. And I consider myself an expert on the topic of living with unanswered prayer, and I'm sure that many of you do as well. When, when I read this psalm here, I, I feel it. I totally feel it. I, I know very personally what it feels like to, to, to pray as if I'm calling out to God for help, as I'm calling out to God for rescue, calling out desperately day after day, night after night, and feeling like God's not answering, and, and I can't get any rest. My night's being sleepless, and throughout the, even the middle of the night, getting up and praying, uh, calling on God to, to answer my cries for help, and just feeling like he, he's not. I, I know what that feels like. Probably many of you know what that feels like. Jesus, Jesus knows what that feels like. That's, that's what, these are the words that Jesus declares on the cross. Psalm 22 here. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? While he's dying on the cross, you, you know, Jesus understands that, that feeling as well. Everyone who has ever followed God knows the feeling of living between God, please help me. Please intervene in my circumstance, or please intervene in this situation, living in between that prayer and the eventual day where that prayer is answered. Everyone who's ever followed God knows what it's like to live in between those two events. Daniel, Daniel, he fasted and he prayed for 21 days seeking understanding. He sought understanding and 21 days went by while he's not eating until finally the answer shows up. Abraham, our, our, our patriarch of faith, Abraham knows what he, he hears from God that he's going to be the father of many nations. It is 25 years that goes by until he experiences at least the beginning of that with the birth of his son, Isaac. 25 years of waiting. Paul the apostle, he, he, he calls on God, he prays to God for, for freedom from this messenger of the enemy tormenting him. And, and he, it seems like, according to how the Bible reads, it seems like he waits all his life and doesn't receive that answer to prayer. He lives all that time in unanswered prayer as God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power will be made perfect in your weakness. If you've ever... If you've ever prayed desperately for God for something, you know the feelings of frustration and the challenge of living in that land of unanswered prayer. 
prolonged seasons of unanswered prayer, especially when it's painful, especially when it's, it's, it's so desperate, prolonged se- seasons like that have a way of just taking the confidence out of you. The way of taking the confidence out of our lives as we're humbled, realizing, wow, so much of my future, so much of my days ahead hinges on God, God intervening in this moment. It's no fun to be humbled. It's no fun to be humbled in seasons uh, that have that, the, the potential uh, uh, of, of crushing us. It's no, no fun to be humbled in those moments where we cry out to God and are not hearing those answered. And, and maybe disappointments are just crashing on us as we, as we feel the, the, the pressures of unanswered prayer after unanswered prayer. But they're, they're powerful moments if and as we choose to keep believing. As we choose to keep trusting As we choose to keep seeking and to keep praying and to keep loving the God who who loves us. The God who isn't doing right now what we'd like him to be doing for us. The God who isn't doing what we really, really, really desperately, desperately, desperately want him to do. Now I've talked about unanswered prayer several times uh, in the past. And usually when I talk about unanswered prayer, I deal with the question of why. Why is there unanswered prayer? Why do we often experience long and pain-filled seasons of unanswered prayer? And and I'm going to remind us quickly of some of those whys, of of about six of those whys when it comes to unanswered prayer. But mostly my heart for today is not to talk about the whys of answered prayer, which I feel like I've done previously. But I want to talk about how. How to navigate seasons where you're living in the land of unanswered prayer. How to live, how to continue to move forward, how to not completely crash out while living in that time of disappointment where you feel like you're pleading with God to act. He hasn't acted yet. How to live in, in those moments. Uh, but before we, we get to those, the, the how to live, I want to just remind us of the whys. Uh, six very common why reasons for unanswered prayer that we see all over the Bible. Again, we've talked about these before, but the first one is God's will. God's will, if we pray anything that is different from what God wants to have happen, don't expect answers to that prayer. An absurd example would be someone praying that Jesus never returns. If you set your life to pray that Jesus never returns, that's not going to be answered. God, that's, that's different than what God wants to have happen. What he's declared will happen. What he's promised will happen. Um, that's, that's set in stone. So any prayer that we pray that's opposed to what God directly wants, that um, God's will, it's going to go unanswered. But just because a prayer goes unanswered doesn't mean, or maybe just because you're living in a, land, in a moment here where you're experiencing unanswered prayer, doesn't mean that it's, that it's God's will in that, in that solid sense. Again, we've talked about two God's wills, and, and it gets, there, there's more to this. But, but there's other reasons that prayers go unanswered besides God's will. Second reason we've talked about before is faith. Faith. We see in the New Testament and just that powerful connection between faith and answered prayer. Or unanswered prayer, really. That connection there. We see that in the Gospels. We see that all through the New Testament. People's lack of faith can be connected with prayers going unanswered. But just because prayers go unanswered doesn't mean someone's faith was low. That's one possibility. 
but there are others. So uh, God's will, faith. Another one, a free will of people. Free will of people. If you're, you're praying for someone to, to change, or if you're praying that, that, something, that, they, that someone treats you differently, or, or anything along those lines, if you're praying for someone to, to act differently, their free will is involved. And God has a powerful way of nudging and persuading and, and, and encouraging change. But ultimately, someone can say, no, I choose to be evil, and I'm choosing to, to treat this person evilly, or, or whatever the case may be. And you might be upset about your prayer not being answered for this person to treat you better in your situation, or for them to hire you and give you this job, or whatever the case may be. But, but people are able, because they have free will, to reject the nudgings of God. So that, that could be another, because of free will, that could be another reason why you're living in the land of unanswered prayer, at least in the moment. Fourthly, uh, the free will of the demonic. We read in Daniel chapter 10, which Josh uh, referenced last week, about the impact that the demonic can have in slowing down and trying to stop answered prayer. We, we saw in, in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel was praying and fasting for 21 days, and, and he's seeking understanding from God. Finally, that answer comes and we discover uh, through in Daniel chapter 10 that God had released that answer on day one, but it was, that answer was held up in, in Daniel experiencing that answer. It was held up for 21 days because of spiritual demonic realities that were opposed to that. You can read more about that in Daniel chapter 10. But the free will of the demonic can, can be working to oppose answered prayer. It's another possibility in the Bible. Fifthly, Lack of persistence in prayer. We're called to be persistent in prayer. Most people give up on prayer way too soon. As Stephen Mays uh, wrote in the blog this morning, he writes about the passage on keep on, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on asking and you will receive. For some reason, I know the reason, but, but I'm going to pretend I don't. For some reason, we tend to pray about things for a while and then when they aren't answered soon enough, and I, I put that in air quotes just because uh, what is soon enough, soon enough, we just give up on those prayers, uh, assuming it's just not going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. For some reason, we think that if we can't see any progress on our prayer request after a reasonable amount of time, that God's either not listening or our praying is not making any impact. But when it comes to unanswered prayer, when it comes to unanswered prayer, apparent progress means nothing. When it comes to unanswered prayer, apparent progress means nothing. God is able to answer instantly without you seeing the answer coming. Not seeing any evidence that God is answering your desperate day and night, night and day prayers means nothing. Don't give up praying because you aren't seeing answers. Keep on seeking. Keep on. That's the testimony of the Bible. Keep on praying. Keep on knocking. Be persistent. We give up way too soon. That's, that's the fifth one. And sixth, sixthly, uh, timing. Timing. Often we live in the land of unanswered prayer simply because God's perfect timing for implementing His answer has not yet arrived. And I'm sure that we sit in our situations thinking, I cannot imagine why now is not the perfect moment. That's how I feel every day, every time I pray. Now is, I, it seems the perfect moment. But for some reason, it's possible that God has a yes to your request, 
but the time hasn't yet come for it to be answered. There's a timing piece there. Okay, so those are, those are six common biblical reasons that we see all through the Bible connected to why we might be experiencing seasons, even years, even decades of unanswered prayer. Now, if you, there's a lot more to that. And for, I, I taught about this in the autumn. And so if you, wanna, if, if you weren't here and you're like, okay, what is, I need to know more about some of these why pieces. I'm a little bit confused. The, the message on the 17th of November, 2017, you can go on YouTube. YouTube, it's this, it's this website where you get to see Star Wars trailers and messages by Brian Ingraham. Uh, I, I think there's other things. I don't know. But th that's, that's the main thing. And uh, So the 17th of November, two, 2017, uh, and the message is on John chapter 16, verse 25 through 33. That, that's, the, that's the message there. Uh, the whole message is about why unanswered prayer. And again, there's a lot more to that. Since I taught on that before, um, if, you, if you want to hear more about that and you miss it, you can go and, and view that. I do recommend it. I do recommend it. Okay, so that's my way of review. Today, what I want to talk about when I'm dealing with answered prayer, unanswered prayers, I want to move beyond the why and I want to talk about the how. I want to talk about how to navigate living in the, the reality, the challenge, the, the upheaval, the, the pain potentially, the disappointment potentially of unanswered prayer, of unanswered prayer. That how to endure those seasons, what to do in those, those seasons when you're not seeing any answers to prayers or at least any answers to the desperate prayers at all, at all. So how do we live in these seasons? What do we do in these seasons? Uh, I talked about six whys. Now I'm going to talk about six hows or six tips. Six tips for how to navigate seasons of unanswered prayer and, and uh, what to focus on in those seasons, what to develop in those seasons, what to be intentional about in those seasons. And, and just for fun, I've decided to make all these points go in A, point one, B, C, D, E, F. It's going to be hilarious. You're going to love it. Anyways, so first point on, on what to do during the seasons of unanswered prayer is A, abide. Abide. Abide, and that comes from John chapter 15, where uh, in most versions it talks about abide, and, and abide being about in, being intentionally, highly, entirely connected to Jesus. Okay, drawing close to God. James chapter 4, says, in chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's a special opportunity. There's a special opportunity in every season of unanswered prayer, in every season of desperation, in every season of pain and frustration to draw closer to God than you ever had before. There's a fire behind you that, that, is gonna, that propels you, that can propel you right to the closeness uh, heart of God. As you're in that desperation point. Now, I understand that many turn away from God when they're seeing seasons of unanswered prayer and when they're in those times of disappointment. But there's an incredible opportunity to get closer to God than you ever have before. For me personally, living in seasons of unanswered prayer has, has tr radically transformed my prayer life. Learning how to draw near to God, how to carve out longer moments with God, how to how to carve out more intentional, more frequent uh, times with God. Drawing near to God in that pain, in that disappointment, in that discouragement, it's changed my life. 
I can't imagine having my current relationship with God, the current connection with God that I have now, if it wasn't for prolonged seasons of, of challenging unanswered prayer, of sleepless nights, of going to God in those sleepless nights. Sure, my prayers are filled with those, God, where are you? I, I need you now. I need you to intervene. I need you to intervene tonight. I need you to intervene in this moment today. I, it's so much like Psalm 22. Day after day, I'm calling out to God. Night after night, I'm crying to God and not experiencing a lot of rest. But ultimately, even though you're crying out to God in desperation, as you draw near to God, you're, you're, you're pleading, which is great, and, and that there's a great place for that, also becomes trusting. It becomes surrender. It, you don't stop pleading to surrender, but you're pleading and you're surrendering. You're pleading and you're expressing, God, whatever happens, I, I love you. I love you, whatever happens, but please, I need you now. When you find yourself in a season of unanswered prayer, step one, attend to your abide time. Your, your abide time with God, deepen in that area. Desperation is powerful for deepening your connection with God. That's number one. A, A, abide. B, build the foundations. B, build the foundations. While leading this church, I found that we have lots of different seasons in, in this church's uh, history, and, and, and I've been able to be a part of leading us through different seasons. Um, sometimes the seasons are, are, um, are big steps forward rapidly, and there's lots of growth and lots of challenges and lots of, uh, of just kind of trying to keep on course, and, and, th and those are fun seasons. Other seasons are seasons where things aren't moving forward quickly, or maybe even they're, they're moving backwards. If you have forward and backwards throughout the years, it's just, it's just part of this part of it. Um, some, in those seasons where things aren't moving forward or when things are, are moving backwards, I, I know what my job is in those seasons as well, not just to lead the church forward, but also to, in those seasons, to build and attend to the foundations of the church. So uh, when things aren't moving forward, it's like, okay, let's, let's reassess. Let's reassess those basic building blocks. Bible. How are we doing in, in Bible? How are the Bible read-through groups doing? Prayer. How are we doing in the area of prayer here in the church? So start going back to the basics. And, and that's, just, that's with church leadership. When things aren't advancing quickly, okay, attending to the basics. But that's also true with life. It's also true with life. When you feel stuck, when you feel stuck in life, like you're not in that moment of taking big steps forward. Instead, you're, you're, you feel like you can't take another step forward. And you're call, calling out to God in prayer. Attend to the basics. Rebuild. And, and you rebuild the spiritual foundation. Just assess and, and rebuild spiritual foundation. How's my Bible time? How's my prayer time? How's my offerings? How's my serving at church? How's my obedience? How's my personal practical holiness? How am I doing at, at following God? I mean, when things aren't good, it's a great time for self-assessment. Is my life out of control? Is my life out of control in one way or another? Am I living a life that's offending God? Or, or pushing them away? Or am I living a life that makes God smile? And, and as I say no to sin and yes to holiness. Now, I, I just want to quickly say here that I don't want to imply in any way that your unanswered prayers are a punishment of some sort. That are a punishment for something. There are so many reasons for unanswered prayers. And I don't want to imply that if your life was perfect, then you wouldn't be experiencing any seasons of unanswered prayer. No, your life could be as perfect as is possible to be, and you will still experience seasons of unanswered prayer. There is no way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid seasons of unanswered prayer, no matter how close to Jesus you are. 
that said, that said, self-reflection and adjusting towards holiness is always a good idea. And when you feel like you're not advancing forward, it's a good time to kind of look inside and, and to make some adjustments. But just, don't, just don't hear me saying right now that, that if only I was a better person, then, then I wouldn't have to deal with unanswered prayer. That's, that's not the case. I mean, maybe in your situation there's some discipline going on. That's biblical. Uh, but also that may not be the issue. But there's more things connected to building the foundations. For some people, uh, maybe it's friendships in your life. You, you, maybe some friendships need to be rebuilt, rebuilt. Some friendships need to deepen, become more honest, become more humble, become more real. I mean, shallow friendships are just insignificant or insufficient, insufficient for life when it gets rough, when it gets challenging, when it gets disappointing. This also might be a, a season where you want to just, just attend to some of the basics. How are my, how's my emotional reality? How's my physical? Am I, am I exercising? Do I need counseling or things like that? See, what you're wanting to do, what you're wanting to do in seasons of unanswered prayer is increase your resilience. You're going to increase your ability to persevere under trial and disappointment. To bring strength to the, the hidden place in your life. As we see in James chapter 1, perseverance or endurance, that, that, that perseverance and endurance, that resilience is pivotal for becoming mature and complete in Jesus. Now, I, I don't want to imply in any way, again, that, that the reason for your pain or, or unanswered prayer is so that you can grow in resilience. But that is one good thing that can come out of it. That can come out of it while we wait for God to act. While we wait for God to, to intervene in, in direct answer to our prayers, we pray to Him day and night, night and day. Thus, B, build the foundations. A, abide. B, build the foundations. C, celebrate other people's answered prayers. Celebrate other people's answered prayers. Okay, watching people receive amazing answers to their prayers while we remain in pain. While we remain in pain and disappointment and desperation, that is a major heart check moment. There's something, there's something you're desperately seeking God for. There's something you're desperately crying out to God for. And days have become weeks and weeks have become months and months have become years, and, and in your pain, and in your disappointment, and in your frustration, and in your, I want to say anger, probably anger is there, you, you can find yourself entirely upset when another person gets their prayer answered. And maybe they weren't even hardly praying it. It was like so easy for them. And they receive from God what you have been praying and seeking God for for a long time. And, and their prayers get answered. Their prayers get answered quickly. And they're rejoicing while you're still in your suffering. While you're still in your disappointment as, as your prayers are as yet unanswered. And it could be easy to become angry at God at that moment. Angry at them in that moment. Darkly jealous. Darkly resentful of the good things that have happened to them. So you got to be very, very careful. Watch closely your hearts. It's way too easy to become upset, become bitter, become dark in our hearts in moments like this. If you will allow me to be so bold... 
if you find yourself stuck in these moments, if you find yourself entirely stung, stung by the goodness of God to another person while you are remaining in your suffering, if you feel yourself stung by the goodness of God to another person, here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to take your personal pain and disappointment over and over again if necessary. Just over and over again if necessary. Take your personal pain and disappointment at their receiving from God good things while you're still waiting. And you need to bring it to Jesus and you need to leave it there. And this is what that might look like in prayer. Jesus, this hurts. Jesus, this hurts. This really stings. You know how much I've asked for you to help me in this. You know how desperately I've longed for this. You know how day and night I've called out for you. You know the tears that I've prayed over this. You know the anguish that I feel concerning this. You know how much I suffer, and now I'm suffering while they're celebrating. Their joy feels to me like a knife in the heart. And Jesus, I lay again my desire at your feet. Please act. Please help me. Please answer this prayer request. I'm pleading for you to answer my prayers. And at this moment, I give you my pain as I watch them receive this good thing from you while I still wait. God, I give you that pain. And furthermore, I choose to thank you I choose to thank you for blessing them with that answer to their prayer. I choose to thank you for blessing them with that answer to their prayer. I choose to praise you for showing your goodness to them by granting them that, by giving them that. And I choose to proclaim how great you are for quickly doing for them. For quickly doing for them that great thing. I praise you, I thank you, and I celebrate your goodness to them. That's hard to do. That, that's hard to do. But, but if you do this... If you do this, you'll guard not only your heart from so much darkness, you, you might actually find a freshness, a release, a release of hope, of hope as you choose to not only celebrate the good things that have happened to that person before God, but also as you choose to celebrate the good things with that person who's receiving good things from God, rejoicing with those who rejoice. It's like, friend, yay, friend, God God has provided for your debt. You're out of debt. Praise God that he's provided for you. And you're just like, ouch. I'm stuck. Why doesn't God provide? Okay, God provide. I'm going to praise God for you and for what he's done for you as I continue to pray for my sister. Praise God. Or, 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 or praise God that God has provided you with a spouse. You're like, ah, I, I've been praying forever for... But no, I'm going to praise God for showing his goodness to you and, and providing that for you. Praise God he healed you of that thing. That he healed you. And, and okay, God, I don't know why you haven't healed me. God, I, I praise God. I praise God for what he's done. Praise God he's rescued you out of that situation. 
you were so stuck in that situation. Praise God. I don't know why it might. But I'm not worried. I'm, I'm going to praise God for your situation. Friend, praise God that he, he gave you a, a church building. Okay, that's too far. That's, that's probably too far. Uh, great, great. I'm glad for that. Anyways, no, in, in your seasons, though, of unanswered prayer, learn to celebrate with those whose prayers are being answered. Even if it stings, learn to celebrate. Abide, build the foundations, celebrate. And then fourthly, D, deeper understanding. Deeper understanding. Now I have some prayers. I have some prayers that I've been praying for for years about and I have my ways of, of praying for them and pleading for God. But when I find myself stuck, and I find myself seeing nothing happening, no matter how hard I'm praying, a new prayer enters my heart. God, grant me deeper understanding of this whole situation. There's always a deeper understanding. There's always more perspective. God, grant me a deeper understanding to this whole situation. God, give me your heart behind this situation. Give me your heart for why the waiting uh, maybe help me there. God, give me some deeper insight. And then this is my favorite. God, give me a better prayer. God, give me a better prayer that's more in line with your heart for this whole situation. In, in the autumn here, I was praying for my wife, Kelly. By the way, if you're married, I hope that you are constantly bombarding heaven in prayers for your spouse um, prayers beyond God, please fix them. <laughs> Be not that's not the kind of prayer that I'm talking about. Uh, that's not it. But anyways, praying. Anyway, God, in the honor, I was praying for Kelly, and I had a lot of passion, a lot of passion and consistency behind my prayers for her. But after a while, I I started asking this question: God, give me a deeper understanding. Give me a deeper understanding. God, give me a better prayer. Give me a better prayer for my wife here in this season. Help me, help me under, with understanding. Give me a better prayer. And after a couple months of praying and, and, and praying that prayer, during pre-service prayer, I feel like God gave me a better prayer. He gave me some deeper understanding. And it wasn't that I was praying wrongly. I was just praying at a shallower level of understanding. And that God was able to give me some insights to deepen not only my, my, my prayer and to make my prayers a little bit more precise with God's heart, but also to enrich the, the fire behind the prayer as I was able to more deeply capture God's heart for the situation. And so I can pray with more... more, uh, with more um, Passion, more precision. God, intervene. I, I've, I've glimpsed your heart more deeply for this situation. Act, act, intervene. In times of unanswered prayer, keep praying, but also be seeking God to, to give you deeper understanding, deeper perspective uh, of the situation, deeper insight in how to pray. And I, I find the more precisely in line with God's heart my prayers are, the more powerful those prayers become. And it, I, it's only in seasons of extended unanswered prayer that we ever really take that step. God, give me a better prayer. So that's a, one of the things you can be pursuing in, in extended seasons of unanswered prayer. God, give me a better prayer. It's very common for people to ask the same question of Jesus that his disciples did. His disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now for them, they, they wanted to be learning to pray as John taught 
uh, his disciples. Uh, but we can, we can ask the same prayer. Jesus, teach me how to pray for this prayer request of mine. Teach me how to pray for this prayer request of mine. Give me deeper understanding. Give me a better prayer. That's the fourth thing. D, deeper understanding. E, number five. E, encourage your spouse. If this is relevant to you, encourage your spouse. Seasons of unanswered prayer are frustrating. And the longer they go on, they can really challenge your heart to maintain a sense of hope and a sense of joy. Disappointments and prolonged suffering, discouragement, stress, all those things can build up with time. And with the result, and if you're not married, no, this actually does happen. With the result that your feelings of, 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 of disappointment can impact your spouse. As you come home in a dark place, as you treat your, your, your spouse uh, without the joy of the Lord, instead with the stress of the Lord, uh, it's not a thing. It's not a thing in the Bible. There's no such thing as the stress of the Lord. As you, bring your, as you, as you approach them with your discouragement, your frustration. It's just like if, you were, if you're at work and you have lots of stress and you bring that stress home and you treat your spouse poorly because you're stressed on the inside, that's not a good thing. That's not Okay. There, there, it's not an excusable thing. Don't let unanswered prayers wreck your romance. Don't let unanswered prayers rob you of your marriage joy and, and of that closeness. And, and this takes intentionality, but it's huge. And, and this is what Peter, Peter talks to husbands. He said, husbands, he doesn't say this about wives. He says this about husbands. He said, husbands, basically how you treat your spouse is connected to answered prayer. How you treat your spouse is connected to answered prayer and unanswered prayer. Husbands, if your prayers are going unanswered, the apostle Peter, who, who was married, we know he was married, he had a mother-in-law, he basically says something like this in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, Husbands, something along the lines of live with your wives with understanding, showing them honor so that nothing hinders your prayers. So that nothing so, so that nothing hinders your prayers. If you want to see your prayers uh, answered, keep loving your spouse well, even in that season of disappointment, of frustration, uh, of, of agony as you're waiting. Now, on a side note, if your spouse is praying desperately for something, join them. If you're in agreement, join them in, in praying for it. But also keep encouraging them to keep choosing hope, to keep on believing, to keep on praying, to not give up, to not, to not crash in their disappointment. But that God does hear praise. And just because you're not seeing it being answered, that, that it doesn't mean that God's not paying attention and the answer's on the way. And, and just keep breathing hope and life into your spouse as they're seeking God for something. One of the most powerful ministries you can have to people is encouraging them, is encouraging them to keep believing in their seasons of unanswered prayers, to keep holding on to hope, to not turn away from God. It's especially exponentially true in the marriage relationship between a husband and wife, but it's true for every relationship. So that's encourage your spouse, E. Encourage your spouse. And finally, F, focus on praise. Focus on praise. I've got a song. I've got a song. I have a couple of long unanswered prayers going on, things that I pray about all the time. And it's easy to be in constant pleading mode. I would say that I, I, 
I probably, if you're going to be precise about my prayer percentages, I am in pleading mode quite a bit. God, please intervene. Please act. Please help. Please intervene. But now I've got a song. I've got a song. It's a praise song. It's a worship song. And when I go on prayer walks and I ask for God to, to grant my request, after pleading, after pleading, after pleading, finally I just put on this song and I just start praising I start praising and just put it on repeat and just listen to it over and over again, praising and worshiping while I wait and while I wait and while I wait and while I wait for God to answer this prayer. Just listening over and over again. For, for me, my, my song is, Oh, praise the name of our Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. And it, it's not particularly about pleading or answering prayers. It's just about praising God. It's not connected to my answered prayers. It's just about praising God for his gospel and his salvation. Now, you, you can come up with, with your own song, whatever, whatever worship songs for you. But, but as I pray and, and as I ask and I ask and I pray, I also know I need to just be able to wait well. And waiting well includes worshiping well and praising well. So as I wait, I worship, and I'm praising God in advance. I'm worshiping God in advance for, for the help that I believe he's going to be sending, worshiping and praising in faith. God loves to be worshipped. God loves to be worshipped and praised. But also, as we worship, we're remembering what our God is like. We're remembering what he's done. We're remembering what his character is. We're remembering that he's good. We're remembering that he's powerful. We're remembering that he really does love us, that he's kind and compassionate and all those things. That he's listening, that he's active. In worship, we remember what God's done, what he's done for people in the past. And we remember the things that he can do for us now. Worship is powerful. In Psalm 22, what I read at the beginning, it said this. Look at this again. It starts off with that pleading. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night... Yet I have no rest. But you are holy. This is where we've transitioned into worship, into praise. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers, and this is what we're remembering, our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They, they cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. That, that, that's, that's where we've moved into this worship and thrown them on praises and, and David remembering how God has been in the past, how he heard the prayers of people in the past. They trusted and they were not let down. And so he can be re resolved and, and, and focused that God will not let him down, even though it feels like God's not listening, even though it feels like um, God's far away from acting and from delivering him and from listening to his groaning. He remembers what, what God is like, and so he can worship in the moment. There are powerful thoughts in discouraged days. Remembering what God's like. Praising and worshiping God as you remember what he's done for you. Worshiping God as we wait is powerful. It's very powerful. Now, now these are six things. 
Six things that are, are huge uh, to apply when we find ourselves in living in that land between asking God, pleading, and that time of finally answer. As we live in that land between, uh, six things to do uh, during that time. We have been in, a, in days of 50 days of prayer as a church. We've been in 50 days of prayer seeking God. And, and our hope for you is that you won't be living in the land of unanswered prayer any longer. We want all of you... We want all of us, I'm going to put myself in this, I want myself in this, to be living in the land of answered prayer and moving out of the anguish into the joy. And so many of the Psalms write about that journey from the anguish of God, where are you, to the triumph of God, you've delivered, you've, been, you've, you've saved, you acted, praise you. That's, that's the journey we want uh, to see you go through in, over these next couple weeks. And I'm going to pray about that in a moment here. But before we get there, I want to give us some challenges. Challenge number one this week, having talked about building the foundations, what is one foundation area that needs some rebuilding attention? You know, for me, my, my prayer time was good, but I'd been neglecting the exercise bit and wanted to make that, make that change. Started making that change again this week. Um, again, is it foundation areas that need some rebuilding? Secondly, is there something good in a friend's life that you're struggling to celebrate because it pushes one of your pain buttons? How can you intentionally celebrate the goodness of God to them this week? Now, if, you, if you have someone in mind, I'm, I'm sure it came up when I was talking. I want you to think about how you can intentionally celebrate the goodness of God this week. Uh, with them, to them, and do that. It'll be powerful. Thirdly, pick a praise song. What might your praise song be as you wait for God to finally bring about answers? As, you, as you've pleaded and you've pleaded, and then what song are you going to simmer on as you worship and wait? I think fourthly, there's a bonus one there. It's just if, you, if you've missed the message on, on why, why, answer, why unanswered prayer? Again, that's the 17th of November, 2017, John 16, 25 through 33. You can go back on YouTube and, and, and check that out for why unanswered prayer.